We're just about two months into this thing. We got a log jam uh, in both conferences in the NFL. We had upsets going crazy on Saturday in college. This is episode eight. You guys ready to go? Lose my mind! Five, four, three, two, one, zero, ignition, liftoff. Episode 8, Between the Hashes. What's up, guys? Your host, John, here, as always, with James, with CJ. Uh, hello, uh, here hello. recap another exciting week in college and pro football. Guys, how are we doing this week? Fantastic. Magical. We got a Victory Thursday, uh, victory Tuesday for all of us this week. First time in a while. <laughs> On the state. That's all I'm going to say. That's it. <laughs> this is the first time in a long time one of us hasn't been totally miserable, uh, and it's usually me who's, who's miserable, so this is a pretty good week. Pretty much. It was him the first week, and then we've been good every other week. At least you don't have a head-to-head loss like we do. That's very true. So, yeah. That's very true. Um, big weekend in football this weekend. Crazy weekend in terms of upsets this past Huge. week. Huge. Wow. Huge. Uh, where do you guys want to start? There's a lot to pick through here. Uh, well, we got seven upsets this game. And then another five games. On the top ten, man. That that's the more yeah. impressive stat in my opinion. Yeah. And then another four games that were close that almost were upsets. Luckily, Notre Dame pulled it out. I don't know how. They looked awful. I don't know how either. But their their defense came up huge at the end. And then Ian Book was just on fire at the end. Georgia's gotta be the biggest one. Georgia oh, Georgia going down. Massive. Despite the fact that it was LSU, despite the fact that it was uh SEC rival. Um, I don't think anybody saw that one coming. No, not at all. And LSU came in ready to kick the pants off of Georgia. See, I, I could have seen Georgia losing. It's the fact that they lost by as much as they did. That that was surprising to me. LSU just manhandled Georgia. I am now a huge LSU fan. Thanks for pushing Notre Dame into number four, baby. <laughs> Woo! They needed some help and they got it. They got yeah. it earlier than I think most people would have expected. Yeah. I I was thinking it was going to come down to a championship game, and then by the grace of the committee, they would have got in. But I'm glad it's like this now. It's strictly in Notre Dame's hands. The only thing Notre Dame can do is lose and get out. Let's hope Brian Kelly doesn't poop his pants. And he usually does. We uh, we almost had very bright shade of red Brian Kelly. <laughs> we did. <laughs> on Saturday. It was close, man. We were monitoring that. Um, Ian, Ian Book's been awesome. I, I think the decision to move on from Win, Winbrush is what might save their season and push them into the playoffs. I mean, I've loved Winbush as a quarterback. And I also listened to a couple – I've read a couple articles out of Notre Dame – and through Sports Illustrated, through uh, the Blue and Gold podcast that they have, um, they even said it, the biggest playmaker on Notre Dame is and was Wimbush. It's just he got inside his own head. He was not consistent, and they needed something more consistent. Ian Book, since he's been starting, has the highest completion percentage at 80.7%. That's pretty crazy. That's pretty good. That's So, okay. I mean, if... It's hard to lose games when you have a quarterback who can complete all of his passes like that. Accuracy is so important. And, you know, it's funny in college, I feel like that's where a lot of quarterbacks struggle is with accuracy, too. Is that uh, a natural tra- transition? Uh, it's I, a pretty I, good I, one. I it's a pretty good <laughs> transition. Uh, I can think of one quarterback in particular who struggles with his accuracy. Greatest quarterback performance I have ever seen. Wow. 
uh, what was it? He first he completed his third pass. Uh, we're talking about Alex Holderberg, by the way, with uh, Bucky Badger. Bucky, Bucky Badger completed his third pass with a minute fifty-eight to go in the first quarter. See. Didn't complete another pass until four minutes left to go in the game. Now I'm gonna let you have your little victory parade here. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you you care about uh, the Wolverines a lot more than I care about the Badgers. I root yes. for them as a uh, as sort of in the sidecar to the Packers. But we talked about this before. The only way Wisconsin was winning that game is if they get out to an early lead and can pound Jonathan Taylor 40 times. And I said it to you, if they get down early, they are incapable of coming back against uh, Michigan's defense. And that's exactly how that game played out. And, and that's exactly what happened. I mean, Taylor, Taylor started off hot, man. He was, he was pounding the ball. He was, he was, they were getting first down after first down. But I, I think the difference from Michigan in this game compared to in games previous this season, they came to play in the first half. Yeah, they showed up. They showed up. Shea Patterson with that like that huge run, which came out of nowhere. I, that that was that was the huge that was a difference maker. If Michigan had played up to their second half, you know, being a second half team, this is this would be a different week, and I'd probably be miserable. Right if now. Wisconsin got that stop, it's a huge, it's a completely different game. The uh, roughing the long snapper was <laughs> a pretty big call. You don't see that. And ironically, cheese man. Cheese man. Wisconsin got screwed by cheese man. Yeah. Go figure. Well, I mean, big time fail on Wisconsin <laughs> by not recruiting. Them, by Agreed. Even uh, even when Michigan got up, got up early. Still, Jay Patterson only had 124 pass yards. He was 14 for 21. Not bad, but. He got 90 yards with his legs, mainly because of that huge run. And then Higdon, yeah. who's been a stud all year long, uh, 105 yards. I mean, that they were able to just run their will on Wisconsin. Well, at the half, it was only 13-7. Yeah. So this, this, this was a close game, man. I was, I, I was very nervous for the most part. But Michigan played in the first half, and it carried over, and they remained a second-half team. That was, that was the big thing. They were ready to play. Harbaugh, I don't know what he did, but he put on his big boy pants. Shea Patterson put on his big boy pants, and they both just, they brought it. And that was what, I, maybe they were holding back the first few games of the season. But, yeah, I, I was on cloud nine. I was on absolute cloud nine. So, it, they say all the time, it takes big plays to win football games. And I think that's what it comes down to was, uh, with Wisconsin, is they just <laughs> don't have that big playability with Hornybrook. No. They, you know what I mean? They're not going to get that huge play in the passing game, the deep shot that's going to drive them all the way down the field in a play or two. All of their drives have to be just chipping away and getting first downs and possessing the ball. And when you're playing it against a defense like Michigan like that, you're not going to be able to sustain those long drives all game long. No. Uh, and Michigan took advantage. They scored when they had the ball, and they blew them out. But, man, we're starting to get into that meat of the schedule. We talked about this for a few weeks now, about how college schedules are front-loaded with all the cupcakes, mm -hmm. a couple exceptions here and there. But we got SEC games like LSU we just talked about, Big Ten games. We had Oregon-Washington out west in the Pac-12. little love for the Pac-12. Yeah, that was uh, Herbert, man. Um, yeah, you know what? I, th I think I feel bad for the Pac-12 in one sense because in order for them to remain – I'll say nationally relevant. They needed Washington to win that game. Didn't happen. I mean, Eugene going into Eugene—that's a tough place to play. Oh sure. And I mean, I mean, 
I, I think it, it is a weaker conference in years past, but I, I mean, Oregon might sneak along too. Don't be surprised. Oregon's pretty good. I know they had that loss against Stanford. Yes, Stanford, but they almost won that game. That was close. That was a very close game. So Oregon's going to be sneaky. And I know they're 12 now, right? Uh, Oregon yeah. is 12. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so 12. Oregon moves up to 12. They, I don't see them contending for a playoff spot, but if they make a run, man. It's going to be interesting. I, that's, I didn't get to uh, watch this game, and I would have loved to. I'm really kicking myself for not even trying to watch this because uh, they went point for point. The entire game, both teams got ten in the first, seven in the second, seven in the third, nothing in the fourth, which pushed them into OT. It's so crazy to think of a Pac-12 game with no points in the fourth quarter, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. they almost kicked that field goal. What it was fifty-four? They they froze him, yeah. and then he shanked it. And he shanked it. Yeah. College so, kicking, baby. College kicking strikes all every single time. Uh, Michigan State, Penn State, another Big Ten game. Wow. Um, that was a good one. It's you know it's crazy to see Penn State and Wisconsin both virtually out of it right. seven eight weeks in. Uh, really um, thought that the Big Ten would come down to the wire with more teams involved, I guess, and it's pretty much just Michigan and Ohio State moving forward. Penn State and Wisconsin both with two losses. Nebraska's on a different planet; they don't exist. <laughs> Uh, and, I mean, teams like Northwestern and Iowa aren't really going to contend. Well, Wisconsin saving grace is they're in the West, or is it North and South? I can't remember if I'm right, but they're not in the same division as Michigan Ohio State. So it looks like at this rate, it's all going to come down to the to the game in Columbus to decide Michigan Ohio State. But Wisconsin wins out; they're going to the Big Ten championship. Sure, but playoff chances. Playoff are chance with two no, losses. That's no that. Yeah, that sucks. Considering um, they started the year ranked four, it's a pretty big fall from from where they hope to be at this point. And I also said Wisconsin was going to be Michigan twice, so I will gladly eat my words on that. One. <laughs> but um, you know, I, I think for Michigan, the the best the best thing that ever happened to us was losing to an undefeated Notre Dame. Granted, it was week one; no one knew Notre Dame was going right. to go on this run. But as as long as you guys, as long as Notre Dame continues to rise, Michigan will rise. Because it's a quality loss. Up on the it's drain, a- start wearing green. Oh, man. I already told you. I told you. I'm your biggest ally right now. I need you. I need Notre Dame to, to run run the house. Because if they if you guys run house and Michigan runs house, we're both in the playoffs. But did what is Michigan State always plays you guys tough and coming off a huge win against Penn State. It. Got to be a tough game coming up this Saturday for you guys. Oh, one hundred percent. Little sister. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, they. Um, I was very surprised. I was on. I'm, I was honestly shocked to see them beat Penn State, especially in Happy Valley. Happy Valley is a very tough place to play. Um, but I got to give it to them. I mean, they're they're a scrappy little team. They always compete. I I just personally I think Michigan's coming in on a high. I think it's going to be a close game, but. Obviously, I'm a homer take here. I got to go with Michigan. I can't take, of all people, I cannot take Michigan State. I don't think anybody would take Michigan State, even with Michigan State having that big win against Penn State. That that was a lot more of a convincing win for Michigan over uh, Wisconsin. As long as Michigan can get their punts off against Michigan State, I think they'll be okay. (laughs) Oh, 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 look at that wound. Let's pour some salt on that wound. I think that the three-year anniversary, I think it's coming up because it was uh, was our buddy's wedding. 
the night yeah. of their wedding. I'll yeah, never the night of that the wedding, because I woke up the next day and I saw the replay. And I was like, oh, dear Lord, where's CJ? Don't let him. <laughs> was that Chris and Kayla's wedding? Yeah. Yes, that oh, was Kayla's wedding. I will never <laughs> oh, forget. Oh, no. Luckily, I didn't have, we didn't have service up there. But, <laughs> and I was like, please block him off all social media. Oh, that's too funny. Alcohol um, helps. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> the scars remind us the past is real. <laughs> Thank you. Thank um, you for that Papa Roach quote. Thank pick, you. Pick, uh, pick one of the upsets. Which one surprised you guys the most? I know we talked about Georgia, LSU a little bit. Uh, for me, I think it's West Virginia going down to Ohio. Yeah, I was the conductor of the West Virginia. I was, I was the conductor of the train there. Bandwagon. Yeah. Uh, Will Greer did not look good. Ooh, no, all. he did not. But at the same time, we're saying this is the most surprising win. Like, back him up. Uh, like, in my head, because I was I was online, I was gonna take West Virginia minus seven, Ooh. and then he, but my hello. saving grace over there on, on the other side of this table hello, said, hello. "Hold off, now, hey, now." Baby. Iowa State went what four of the last four six. of the last six at home against ranked opponents coming into that game. That's and a handy little piece of info to have there. <laughs> yeah, and for true. some reason, Iowa State, who doesn't seem to have anything of re- uh, relevance up until they play a big game and then win. Great halftime celebration, by the way. You see that? No. The band with the uh, the inflatable dinosaurs? No. <laughs> Look it up. It's awesome. <laughs> oh, man. Was it the T-Rex suits? The T-Rex suits. Oh, that's great. Yep. <laughs> that's great. Uh, you know, Iowa State, I feel, is just one of those pesky teams, both in football and in basketball. Like, they're always around in the tournament in basketball, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of those teams that doesn't really have much business beating anybody else, um, but they somehow always manage to come up with a big win. It's every year, they pull off a huge win against a ranked opponent, and it screws the other team horribly. Ames is a tough place to play. I mean, that that just but that just shows you. I, I know people crap on the Big Twelve a little bit because you know it's not not really defensive uh, conference; it's all offense. But Big Twelve is always tough. It's, oh yeah, it, I would put them maybe third behind the SEC and the Big Ten in terms of power rankings. Mm-hmm. Definitely ahead of the ACC. Definitely ahead of the Pac-12. And definitely ahead. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Put Pac-12 four, ACC five. But I, I mean, as shocking as it might seem on paper, it's really I'm, I'm not overly surprised. I had a feeling because West Virginia had faltered. You know, they they um, Texas Tech almost beat them. That was a very close game, and. Another team recently, West Virginia stumbled upon. Yeah, this has been the past couple of weeks. They've uh, they haven't looked good. Yeah, and I was all aboard the Greer for Heisman uh, bandwagon too. That, uh, but in all fairness for Greer, even though he didn't look good, he only threw 15 passes and completed a lot of them. But see, if West Virginia is supposed to be this elite team, though, and, and especially and they're all offense. West Virginia is known for their offense. Holgersom is a great offensive mind. If, if you're only throwing the ball 15 times with one of the best quarterbacks in the country, that's a problem. So I, I, so the cracks were there. I think they just finally came to light with West Virginia. Dude. So I'm curious, if you get the box score up, do you have uh, time of possession on there? Because if he only threw 15 passes and they scored 14 points, I'm guessing Iowa State had the football for the majority of the game. Oh, uh, I got it right here. Iowa State had the ball for 37 minutes. Uh, West Virginia 20 to 22. That's, that's actually more balanced than I would have guessed. But this is actually the more telling stat. Um, two of them right here. Uh, first downs, Iowa State 25, West Virginia 9. Okay. Sustained total, drives. Total yeah. yards, Iowa State 498, West Virginia 152. That'll do it. That'll um, do it. And it says, <laughs> Will Greer rushing 10 attempts for negative 33 yards. Ooh. Homeboy got sacked a lot. Oh, wow. 
they count sacks as lost rushing yards in college? Um, yeah, yeah, as long as rush was 15 yards. So, yeah, that means he yep. got sacked before that is, he hit That is yards. bizarre. Um, all right. Anyway, uh, we talked a little bit about Michigan, Michigan State. It's State Week. Uh, Notre Dame's on a bye, so you're right, taking I'm, it easy this week. I can just sit back and relax. Uh, any other games you guys are looking forward to? Um, I'm actually uh, – I just had it right here. Um, I'm actually looking to see um, – well, obviously, Michigan, Michigan State, that's always – one I've highlighted every year that I enjoy watching. I'm glad it's coming on Notre Dame's bye week. Hmm. Um, so now I can just sit back and relax. But um, I like Mississippi yeah. State, LSU. Another SEC. Yeah. See if LSU can kind of ride that momentum into another conference win. I'm going to go a little off the board with these two. I have two, actually. Um, obviously, well, State. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not counting that one. But Colorado, Washington. Oh, yeah. Colorado just came off a tough loss against USC, which you were crapping on. <laughs> um, but Colorado was 19th last week. They dropped out of the top 25. Washington hasn't looked good. I've, I've watched two games with Washington, and they haven't looked good in either one of them. And that, os- that loss against Auburn in week one is looking terrible. Oh, yeah. Auburn, it just... Auburn's in free Where did that happen? So... I'm curious. I'm curious to see if Washington can come back against a tough loss against Oregon, coming off a facing a Colorado team that's just coming off a tough loss too. So I think that's an upset waiting to happen. And then Ohio State Purdue. Uh, it's the um, Saturday night game in Lafayette. Purdue's a tough team. I've watched Purdue a couple times. They're not. They're not going to blow you away. But they'll just they'll keep at it. They'll keep at it. They'll keep at it. And um, with the news that I mean, I know he hasn't played at all this year, but um, Bosa, Nick Bosa, not not coming back at all. That's crazy. That's yeah, nice. Nice. I've never seen a player That's just do stupid. that, especially this early in the season. I was going to say stupid. not until the bowl game. Exactly. Sorry. I've heard of the players, you know, play, sitting at the bowl game, but for him to just say, "Uh, uh-uh, I want nothing to do with it," that's so dumb. I think, but that, but I think that speaks to the team in general. I think. Ohio State is just waiting to crack. Haskins has been great. Um, their running backs have been really well, but Urban Myers, it, it, Urban Myers, so out of touch. I, I just, I, they do for a loss, and I could see them slipping up against a, a Purdue team at home. That's a tough one. Uh, I'm looking forward to NC State Clemson too in the ACC. Yes. Clemson's looked pretty shaky over the last month or so. Trevor Lawrence, I don't see it, man. Yeah, he was the number. He was the number one quarterback recruit in the country, and it's it's surprising seeing how dominant they've been the past couple of years. And I know they went through Deshaun Watson and yeah. they've lost a couple guys. Um, but still it's, they're winning games, but they're not looking great doing it. And you know, conference game um, is Clemson home. I should have looked this up. Um, Clemson in. is home. Yes. Okay. That's so that. they've got it. They've got the home game, but Syracuse played them tough at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll be real interested to see how that game turns out and how that shapes the ACC going forward. Now, I, I think going back, I know, but the only reason why Syracuse lost that game is because they knocked out Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence <laughs> played that whole game. Syracuse would have won. Dungey was was on point. Um, who was Bryce? Was that the the, um, the the quarterback who came in for Clemson? I can't remember off the top of my head. But if yeah, if he doesn't come in, Clemson loses that game. So like I like I said, it's a weak ACC. 
I, I wouldn't be surprised if NC State comes in and makes it makes it a close one either. Awesome. I uh, want to touch on the top 25 briefly before we turn the page to the NFL. Um, we've got Notre Dame in the top four. They're yep. sitting playoff position if the season yep. were to end today. We've got LSU at five right after their big win over Georgia and Michigan top six. Uh, our uh, our darlings Texas is up to seven. They're sneaking in. They're hanging back, around. Baby. Texas is back. Um, so if you guys had to pick one, LSU, Michigan, or Texas, who gets in? Who are you picking? Write it on the board. Michigan will run house and make the college football playoffs. I love it. Add it to the board. 25 to 1 odds to win the national title. Uh, 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 that's a ballsy pick, but I'm not <laughs> afraid to do it. So, yep, Michigan to the college football playoffs. I love it. Read it in week. Um, I'm going to say Texas. I like Texas. <laughs> I'm going to say Texas. I am. Oh, yeah, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm hopping on that train um, because I have zero faith in your coach in playing Ohio State at the end of the year, in which that is probably going to knock you out of playoff contention. The one thing Michigan has been missing under the Jim Harbaugh era is a quarterback. That was his, that was his homecoming right there. We'll see. Dude, uh, I'm telling you, I, I have been a huge critic of Shea Patterson. I think he, I think he has it. So you know what I'm secretly hoping for? Because I think this would be unbelievably entertaining. Ooh. I hope Bam is getting in, so I'm yes. not I'm not going to yeah. kid myself with that. If you give me a college football playoff of Alabama, Notre Dame, Michigan, and Texas, sign me up for that right now. Oh my God! I think that would be that, incredible. Yeah, that would. I got a hot on just thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> one SEC team, an independent, a Big Twelve, and a Big Ten. Give me that right now. Those are the four. Like you could say, you could argue that those are the four top programs in the history of college football. Sure, those are all blue bloods. So, oh my God, ESPN yeah. would force <laughs> on that one. That's my. Uh, that's my dream. Top Dream scenario. Finish the uh, year. Yeah, I think that would be great. I'm on board. I Unless absolutely love that. I would swap any of them out for UCF if UCF can get in because I would love to see that. I'm uh, pretty sure UCF is going to go undefeated for two straight years and then finish fifth. They'll still win some BS national title though and be back to back national champs. Kudos to them. Uh, do you guys any finishing thoughts on college before we move? Uh. No, I'm good. It's okay if you don't. No. <laughs> I understand. Moving on to the NFL. Another great slate of games this week. Uh, we had another overtime game. Sixth week in a row to open up the year with a game that goes to overtime. Bears and Dolphins what were an uh, insane game. Crazy. Twice. Twice. Each, a t- each team fumbled on the goal line. Neither team wanted to win that game. Insane. It was 90 degrees in Miami. 102 with the heat index, and they almost played five full quarters. That's now that I think about that, I am taking the Pats minus three and a half in Chicago after that. <laughs> um, crazy game. Speaking of the Pats, I think that's where we should start that game with Kansas City on Sunday Night Football. 43 to 40, absolute shootout. That thing lived up to the hype. It was an awesome game. Uh, you know, the 41-year-old quarterback versus the 24-year-old quarterback, however old Mahomes is, the old Grizzly vet, the up-and-coming star. Um, I thought Mahomes was really shaky early on. I thought he rebounded nicely as the game went on. Um, 
But the thing that stuck out to me, man, Kansas City's defense is a total mess. Yeah, you, I mean, you can't really say much different about the Pats, Pats defense. No, but I'm going to rely on the fact that Brady has been there and is going to win you games down the stretch. I trust Brady to win a game more than I trust Mahomes. They're going to need their defense to step up if they want to go anywhere moving forward. And they're without Eric Berry. They're without Justin Houston. So they're missing, missing some of their studs there. Uh, but they just couldn't get a stop and they needed to. They couldn't force a turnover. They couldn't get any heat on Brady with the exception of, I think, one or two plays. Um, and if they're going to want to go deep in the playoffs, they're going to have to fix that. They're going to have to make some adjustments. I do think that Kansas City might still be the team to beat in the AFC purely because they still have a game in hand on New England. Season ends right now, which obviously is too early. Everything would run through Arrowhead, which is a very, very tough place to play. Um, but I thought New England showed a lot this game. I, I thought Kansas City had the chance to come in there and win, win a tough game, and really take control of the AFC. Uh, but the Pats are just too damn tough to beat at home. Yeah, but it's like you said earlier, they were missing the two best players they have on defense. You play this game in Arrowhead, in the playoffs, Kansas City's win that game. Because they lost by three points where they scored late on a 75-yard play. Silly them for not taking a knee at, like, the five-yard line and just letting the clock run. Andy Reid. Well, I mean, you got Tyreek Hill blowing the doors off the Pats' defense to go for a 75-yard touchdown. He's a cheat code. Yeah, he's a cheat code. I don't blame him for just going right into the end zone. That's just having inexperience of being that close against the – Against Tom Brady, who can lead any team down the uh, down the uh, down the field in two minutes. See, I, I'm always so torn with that because I can see the merits of taking a knee and, and running some clock, but, but at the same awesome. time, you can never give up a guaranteed score. In, right. in my opinion, the Pats' defense. This is going to sound ridiculous because they gave up 40 points. I thought they played better than the score indicated. They forced four field goals from Kansas City, two of which were in the red zone. They forced two turnovers. That Those are wins against an offense like that. They gave up a lot of points. They could not keep up with Hunt and, and um, Tyreek Hill. In fairness, who can? So they struggled with that. I thought they did a good job on Kelsey. They forced enough field goals to go ahead and win the game. Um, I just – I can't – ever fault the team for taking the score when it's there, I guess is what I'm saying. Right. But I mean, looking at it hindsight, we always we complained about where the hell were the Pats offense in the first few games. Their list weekend, their defense wasn't their defense is at full strength and it, they're giving up forty points to a very young team. Yeah, one of the best offenses in football, though. Kansas City's Kansas City's really good. They're going to beat a lot of teams, probably by a lot of points. Um, and it, the Pats always round into form as the season goes. You knew once they got Edelman back, once Josh Gordon had a couple weeks in the system, they were going to look a lot better than they did the first couple weeks. And I think that's what we're seeing. Um, another <laughs> another thing that jumped out to me, I watched a little bit of Oakland, Seattle, over there at Wembley Stadium in London. Um, Oakland stinks. Man. Dumpster fire. That man. team is a joke. Twenty-seven to three, losing to Seattle across the pond. 
everything just looked bad about them. They couldn't do anything on offense. They couldn't stop Seattle. Seattle isn't blowing anybody's doors off on offense, and they couldn't. Oakland couldn't do a damn thing about it. Um, they traded Khalil Mack right before the season, as we all know. Apparently, reports are now they're looking to trade Amari Cooper. They're hoping to get a first-round pick for him. What in God's green earth is going on in Oakland right now? It's Chucky. Chucky has no idea what he's doing. He, I think he should have stayed in the booth. He's killing this team, man. I think he should have even stayed in the booth. I, he, I think he should have just stayed home. <laughs> he's coaching like it's 1998. Yeah, no, he definitely is. I, I think the game passed him by. And um, so, obviously, he's got a 10-year deal worth $100 million. And they're already counting down the seconds till he leaves. How many, yeah. how many years do you think John Gruden's at the helm in Oakland? I, I don't give him more than three. As long as Mark Davis is the owner of the Raiders, he will count. Yeah, I was contract. about to say, how good is Mark Davis's health? You really think so? Yeah. You really think they're going to go through 10 years of this? If he's anything like his father towards the end, yes. Oh, I, Al Davis towards the end, man. He just, God. One in five, dead last in the AFC West. I picked Oakland to win the West. I, I thought they had talent there. Granted, this was before Khalil Mack <laughs> got traded. <laughs> Um, I I don't know, man. They're they stink. They are in rough shape, and, and and that contract's not going away anytime soon. Not even White Lightning can help them now. I feel bad for Jordy. <laughs> the Packers should give Oakland a seventh round pick to get Jordy Nelson back because John Gruden likes trading all his best players away for nothing. And the Packers need him. Packers need him. The only thing I think they I think they're doing fine without Jordy as much as it kills me. Where they're struggling, I think, is red zone. The Packers are not as good in the red zone as they have been in years past. And I think that's where they're missing the Rodgers-Jordy connection. Because Jordy was an extension of Rodgers' brain. He knew what he was thinking. He knew what he was seeing at all times. And that's where Jordy ended up making his money towards the end of his run in, in Green Bay. Um, and they're, they're struggling to score touchdowns in the red zone. They struggled with it again on Monday night, even though they pulled that win out. Um, but I just... I don't know, man. We all anointed Derek Carr as the next coming a couple weeks ago, or a couple years ago, I'm sorry, and then he got hurt, and he's he's just regressed. They haven't backed him up with talent. No. Um, that offensive line isn't the same as it was a couple years ago. Donald Penn's regressed. Uh, don't tell him I said that to beat the piss out of me. Either. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, if I just, you're listening, we're kidding. <laughs> friend of the show. <laughs> I... Uh, <laughs> I'm surprised by Oakland. I, I really thought that they were going to be a lot better than they are, and they've, they've just got nothing. No, it's like I said, it, it's just my biggest X factor for Oakland was Gruden. Going into the season, I was just curious to see how is Gruden going to be as, as, as a coach. I mean, he's been out, like I, like I just said, he's been in the booth for so long. Can he modernize his game to reflect the status of the NFL? And he just, he doesn't have it. I think. I personally think they need to move on from Marshawn Lynch. I, I think I don't. I, I I know he's from Oakland and it's sentimental and he's a Hall of Fame player. Blah blah blah. But I mean, Carr and Cooper, they should be like such a dynamic pair. They were, and they were. I mean, they looked great. Cooper man. was amazing yeah. at at Bama. Yeah, and Cooper had a nice little stretch going for for some time too. But his first two years, he was dynamic. Exactly, he was really good. He struggled with drops a little bit at times. Um, but I mean, they added Jordy Nelson in the offseason. They've got Jared Cook, who's a player for him. I just, yeah. 
it has to be the coach. I don't know what, what the disconnect is. It. I mean, at this point, it just seems like they're trying to win the sprint to the first overall draft pick and Bosa's <laughs> names right there. Yeah. I still think the Giants will get the first pick over them, but... Damn, damn, damn. Yeah. <laughs> Let's throw some bets who gets the number one overall pick. Uh, oh, yeah, but Oakland's locking themselves up for a top three pick, and they it's it's I thought it was comical when Gruden said their biggest need was a pass rusher, but yet you trade your best player just because he, he didn't get along with you. Like that set the tone, I think, for the season. It basically showed that Gruden is a is is he's a shell. He's not the he, he let the players run that locker room, and it's it, it's showing, man. I was actually now that you say that, I'm wondering how much, uh, if at all, he you know lost the locker room after that. Yeah, Khal- Khalil Mack was viewed as the leader in that locker room. Everybody loved him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a great teammate, from the sound of it. And when your head coach isn't even in contact with your best player and best leader over the off season coming in and trying to establish a new program and establish a new culture makes you wonder how quick you can start to lose guys. And, and you want even more proof. Just look at the, the impact Mac has had on the bear. So far. he's been incredible. Exactly. This, this past game in Miami was his first game without a sack force fumble so far this season, which is ridiculous. <laughs> um, so moving on, we talked about, uh, you know, potentially losing the locker room. We've thrown Mike Tomlin's name around there mm-hmm. a couple times on this show. Uh, Pittsburgh, we t- we discussed last week, must-win game for them going into Cincinnati. They pulled it out, seven-point win. Uh, I had Cincinnati to win. I, I thought Cincinnati was going to start to pull away with the AFC North a little bit. Um, it was a big win for Pittsburgh. They needed that one bad. The, yeah, there's huge for them, absolutely huge. And that's where I knew I was going to pick Pittsburgh just because I just figured Cincy was going to be Cincy, especially in a divisional game. And it looked for most of it since he was going to hold the lead and be able to stay with it. But, I mean, Antonio Brown was non-existent up until the fourth quarter. That last play of the game, probably offensive pass interference, or not last play of the game, the last touchdown for Pittsburgh. Uh, probably offensive pass interference. Saw that. Move. Um, but still, Big Ben found a way to do it. They're still staying alive with James Conner back there at running back. Getting contributions from their tight from their tight ends. Vance McDonald is awesome this game. He's a physical beast. He he's a monster. people. He's an absolute monster. Um, reports were that Le'Veon Bell is going to join the Steelers during or after their bye week. We're at Pittsburgh's bye week, week seven. Hasn't reported yet. Hasn't reported yet. Um, so I want to pose this to you guys. Do you think he's going to report? And if he does report, do you think this is the catalyst Pittsburgh needs? to make a run at the AFC? I'll go first, and I think no, because I actually found this online, and this is actually incredible. So uh, comparison between James Conner and Le'Veon Bell's first six games, uh, Bell's last year and Conner's this year. Uh, Conner actually has more yards from scrimmage, more touchdowns. Um, That's more scrimmage yards, not more rushing yards. Not more rushing yards. 100 less rushing yards, but still, yards per rush, he actually has better yards per rush than Bell did with, uh, like, 30, 30 less rushes. Um, he has four less, four less receptions, 100 more receiving yards, and, like I said, three, three more That's touchdowns. Surprising. So, I, I mean, it's plug-and-play at this point, I, but I think if you pull Connor, I think it's a disaster. I think it's a disaster waiting to happen. You ride that hot hand. 
Bell has been on the couch for half the season. You don't know what you're going to get from him. He's, he's a wild card to begin with. I mean, he's, he's in trouble. I, I know he's the most talented running back in the league, but I, I, as much as I think Tomlin's an idiot, I don't think he's that big of an idiot. Uh, I'll leave my words. I know I said it was either last week or the week before that Connor wasn't doing that good, but I was just that was just a blanket statement. I wasn't really paying attention. And then you you sent me that stat, and I would gladly admit I was wrong. He's He's been <laughs> lighting it up, and it's hard for me to say that Le'Veon's even going to report at this point. And if he does, I hope for the sake of every – like just having common sense being Mike Tomlin, he should be number two on the depth chart. You keep Connor in. When Connor gets tired, you put in Bell. If he does good, he does good. If he doesn't, oh, well, see you. Never. So I'm going to disagree with both of you guys. I think when Le'Veon Bell reports, you plug him in immediately, regardless of what Connor's done, regardless of what's happened um, in previous weeks. And I say that because while Connor's stats look pretty good and the Steelers, they've been okay. They're still hanging around in the AFC. Um, I think Le'Veon Bell affects the defense more than James Conner ever could. I think Bell gives defenses more to think about. I think he keeps defensive coordinators up at night trying to game plan to take them away. I do think he's more of a threat in the passing game, even though you said Conner has more receiving yards. That was actually very surprising to me. Yeah. Um, Less receptions, but only, only four left. Yeah. I, I, I just feel like there's more ways to use Le'Veon Bell than there is James Conner. And I think that's that Pittsburgh relies on that versatility. And I think that opens things up for Brown and for Juju Smith-Schuster and for that downfield passing game that they want to, uh, that they want to employ, I guess, moving forward. Uh, James Conner has been great. I, I don't think defenses stress about James Conner the way they do about Le'Veon Bell. But I, I think if you, I mean, let's call a spade a spade. Bell is not returning to the Steelers next year, right? They've, Safe to assume? Yeah, I would say that. So if you impede the progress that Connor has shown, I think that I think that that screws him over in the long run. I mean, this kid the kid's hot. The the numbers are comparable, man. That that's that's surprising, right? I I was even shocked. But I think it affects your 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 future long term if if you sit this kid down. It's gonna it's gonna mess with his head. I really do, and I think Bell is a cancer to this team with a team already full of cancers. I mean, with all the shit going on with A.B., man, in his personal life, dude is just looking like a villain more and more by the day. So Bell's going to report because if he doesn't report for six games, then he doesn't have an accrued season, and then he can't be a free agent at the end of the year. So he's going to report. It's just a matter of when, and it's just a matter of what Pittsburgh does when he comes back. And you don't throw away fourteen and a half million, man. No. That, that's that's asinine. I don't care who you are. He's already thrown away. I saw the number the other day: five point something by not showing that's, up. That's the franchise Ugh. standard just keeps dropping with every game he misses. But he's not gonna he's not gonna forfeit the ability to be a free agent. I, I think that's what he wants more than anything. Yeah, but I think he him coming back definitely puts a hold, especially when Earl Thomas broke his leg. He, he even came out. He's like, I'll stay being the bad guy. I don't care. Well, right. That's what I'm saying. I, he might come back after 10 games so that he gets those six weeks. But if he's if he's not on the team for six weeks, he's not a free agent and he can't go get get his money. He's still under Pittsburgh's control. So he's going to do that. It's just a matter of what they do with him when that comes. I, I think they move him. 
I really, I, I think some team is going to pay for him. I think there's some teams desperate, like Oakland, like, right? Oakland's uh, <laughs> out of out of the playoff hunt, so I wouldn't really. I don't. I don't think they would take the flyer. Yeah, I don't think with. Oakland, I think they're dumb enough. I could see Jacksonville. Jacksonville is in free fall mode, and how long is Fernet out? Fernet's not coming back. It's another couple right? weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think they're desperate, and I could definitely see them taking a chance on on a rental to get to the playoffs and a wide open AFC South. I could totally see that happening. That, that could give them a boost. Bortles needs all the help he can get, that's for sure. And he, exactly. And great, great out of the backfield, too, with passing, with uh, catching. So, so I, that's a perfect transition into looking ahead to Week 7. Um, Jacksonville and Houston, not a huge game headlines-wise, uh, but I think it's big in the sense that no team has been able to pull away in the AFC South yet and create any uh, separation. Tennessee, Jacksonville, and Houston all sit there at 3-3. Three and three with the Colts bringing up the rear at one and five. Deshaun Watson's starting to look a little better. They had that tough game with Buffalo uh, last week. Jacksonville's lost a couple bad ones, lost to Kansas City, got blown out by Dallas last week. Uh, it'd be interesting to see who kind of takes hold of that division. I'm not a believer in the Titans. I know they're playing pretty solid defense. Mariota's played okay. I'm not a believer that they're going to go ahead and win the 10 or 11 games it might take to win that division and make the playoffs. I think it's Jacksonville's to lose still, but I think the winner of this game is really going to have the upper hand going forward. Uh, this is, I mean, you said it's not that big of a game, but this has everything to do with that division in this game. I think this might be my game to watch. This might be the biggest game of the week, just because I'm pretty sure whoever wins this game this week, if the Texans win, that on the road in Jacksonville, then they got to play Jacksonville one more time at their place. And I'm pretty sure if the Texans win this game. It's it's their division. Blake Bortles looks awful, and they're not going to win anything with him. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree with you on that. Plus, going into this, Houston has won three in a row. Jacksonville has lost three or four. So I think Houston's the hotter team. I, I know we crapped on Watson to begin the season. He looked timid, you know, coming off that injury. But He's coming into it. Ah, that looks good. Uh, I think Bill O'Brien, he is a good coach. And as long as Watt, Clowney, and Houston's defense stays healthy, I, I just think I, I think I think if they win this game, it sort of shapes the AFC South. Yeah, and no way Titans are going to win if they're no. going to have 11 sacks a game. <laughs> no, they're, they're a nice little fade, a uh, little fad, but uh, they're going to fizzle out. I just don't think they have the talent yet. I, I, no. I don't think – they're really using Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis like people might have anticipated them. I think we're all still waiting for Mariota to take that next step to and become that dynamic playmaker that he was at Oregon. Yeah. And I, I don't think that's happened yet. Um, don't have a ton of weapons outside of that running back duo. They don't have uh, much in terms of pass catchers, well, which would help. Corey Davis, I mean, he was a top five pick two years ago. Corey Davis is good. Delaney Walker's on IR with a broken leg. Yeah, kind of struggling um, everywhere else there. Um, another huge game in the AFC, Cincinnati off that tough home loss to Pittsburgh, uh, has to travel to Kansas City, going to Arrowhead to play Patrick Mahomes and the time. Chiefs. We get the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football two weeks in a row. They were flexed up into that spot this week. Mahomes looking for that bounce back game to get back into the win column for Kansas City. Um, and I think this is one of those things with the Chiefs. They're going to have to keep winning because the Patriots are going to keep winning. It, it, they, they lost the head-to-head tiebreaker. 
these are the games the Chiefs have to win if they want that one seed, if they want to be, um, if they want the playoffs to run through Arrowhead. Yeah, I mean, giving it a quick glance, you you just hear Cincinnati Chiefs, and you're like, oh, Chiefs easily, but with Eric Berry and Houston, since he'll score, in, since he's definitely going to score, it's if since his defense can get the stops that they need to get. Stops. Stops. Stop. Oh, stop. Stop. <laughs> uh, so, I'm curious. Uh, Over-under in that game is 59. So, Vegas sure ooh. thinks there's going to be a lot of points scored there. Wow. Yeah, because I can easily see A.J. Green um, and Boyd all getting their, they're getting their points, especially with Joe Mixon. Mixon's look good. He looks Boy- angry. Yeah. Boyd is a stud. It, Boyd, yes, out of nowhere. Boyd has been awesome for them this year. And I think he's that sort of secondary weapon that Andy Dalton has needed. I'm not an Andy Dalton believer by any stretch, but he's played well this year. They've won some big games. Would have liked to see them win that game at Pittsburgh if we're talking about Cincinnati, again, taking that next step. Yeah. Um, but this is another big test for them going into Arrowhead. That's a tough place to play. I believe in uh, Andy Dalton and 16 games and 16 games only because once it gets to that 17th game in the playoff, he's non-existent. <laughs> and I, I, I personally think, yeah, I'm going to put this on coaching. Um, Marvin Lewis versus Andy Reid. Uh, down the stretch, I don't know who I trust less. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think <clears throat> the Red Rifle, he's playing decent this year, but you know he's going to falter, like you just said. You only trust him for the regular season one because you know they're going to make the playoffs. Somehow, some way, they'll sneak into the playoffs and they'll lose in the first round. I'll be interested to see how Mahomes bounces back after a loss. He was, you know, the, the Chiefs were kind of the darling of the NFL, next to the Rams, I guess, the darling of the AFC. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he played great, didn't get a win. Uh, be interested to see how somebody, a young kid, comes back from playing well and not getting the win and facing that adversity and seeing how he moves forward. See, I don't think it's going to affect him. I mean, if the Pats had the second half they had in the first half, I think Kansas City would just erupt and eventually crumble, become Andy Reid's Kansas City Chiefs of late. But the fact that they put up 40 points in Gillette, I think hurts less. Hurts a lot less. They've got some offensive momentum. That's that's never stopped. Um, speaking of those Patriots, they, uh, they hit the road to take on the Bears. Bears looking for a bounce-back game. They blew that one against Miami. Game they really should have won. I, I'm not a believer in the Miami Dolphins. I think Chicago's defense is right up there, top three or four in the league. I think they had a bad week. They let up two really long touchdowns. Very uncharacteristic for their, for that Bears defense. Uh, we talked about it earlier, both teams uh, turning the ball over at the one-yard line, so that game was kind of weird from the start. Um, could be a tough test for the Pats going into Chicago. Um, the Bears play tough at home. They play good defense. I'm interested to see how playing five quarters in 100-degree heat in Miami affects them, though. I, see, I feel like they might not have the gas. That is everything that puts – if there was any – if they were going head-to-head, them playing last week in 100 degrees gives the Pats all types of favors right there, all types of momentum going into this game. It's – the Pats' quick offense might be enough to offset that nasty defense. And then you got – the Bears offense, which kind of shows up, kind of doesn't. Mitchell. Is there. Yeah, that's your boy. Mitchell the Mitchell. So Matt Nagy's a great play caller. I think he runs a great offensive scheme. I think 
Trubisky is still growing into it and still growing as a quarterback. I don't think he's anywhere close to there, obviously. Right. No. Um, only second yeah, year, right? The, yeah, only yeah. second year. Um, and I saw this first firsthand in week one with the Packers. His first 10 or 15 scripted plays, they can knock your socks off. Yeah. But it's once you start getting into the ebbs and flows of the game and you're going against Tom Brady scoring every time, are they going to be able to keep up with that? I don't think so. No. Um, the Bears struggled to get after Brock Osweiler last week. <laughs> uh, it was their first game without a sack so far this year. And I think that's really where the strength of that Bears defense is. They're they're susceptible on the back end. If if you can hold up up front, you're going to have some guys running free and you're going to be able to hit some big passes. But if you can't block Khalil Mack and Leonard Floyd and those beasts, it, that's when they yeah. really make their money. Why? They gave up their first 100-yard rusher to the guy who had his one foot in the grave and showed up in his motorized scooter in order to get to the game. Do not insult Frank Gorley. <laughs> yeah, he's a legend. You, you don't you take that. Number back. three all-time in rushing. Yeah, but he's not out of the door. That's bold. Uh, Put that one up the board. Put it up on the board. We'll revisit this in like eight years. <laughs> 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 that's long, years. He's that's how retired. long it's going to take, man. Yeah, if he gets in, it's gonna. It's, he's not a first ballot. So – like I said, I, I think the Bears are going to be tired coming off that long, hot game. Uh, I think they're only saving grace is if they can get to Brady and disrupt him, which in today's NFL, you're not even allowed to do anyway. So, But I, I just – that offense where they run out the back, they got Edelman, they got Gronk, they got all their running backs know how to catch the ball. Their offense is just too quick. They're going to offset that defense, especially now that they're tired. So, I, I mean, I'm, I'm just looking at the Pats' upcoming schedule. How that you know discard the remaining AFC East games because those are all wins except the Miami one in home Miami. Game. Yeah. yeah, they got they got a tough stretch coming up, man. Chicago's no joke. Discount, like I said, the Bills, but Packers, Titans, Vikings, Steelers. I mean, they they got a tough stretch of games coming up. Bills probably with Peterman too. Yes, Josh Allen's gonna miss a few. Well, I mean, even with Allen, I wouldn't be scared. But with Peter Peterman, I, you know. I don't want to chalk that up as a win just yet, even though it's it's a win. almost a shoid. But it's always those games when you least expect. It's always the games. You mean like the San Francisco 49ers at home on exactly. Monday night? Oh, we're going to win this game. There's no <laughs> way. Exactly. So I'm not I, – I just – I think this is a make-or-break game for the Pats. I know they just showed up. If they come in and they get a lot and they lose to Chicago, I think that's going to define the Pats. It's, it's, they need to win this game to maintain – you know, the elite level in the AFC. Yeah, if Mitchell comes out and has a decent game where the Pats defense is letting people just walk all over them, it's going to be a tough season for the Pats. I mean, the Bears have weapons on offense. It's it's all about how Trubisky is going to play. Allen Robinson has been awesome for them. He was a great signing. Surprise. Awesome like, signing. He was great at Jacksonville, and it was a shame that they let him leave. Trey Burton's been good. Uh, Terry Cohen's good. Jordan Howard's good. They got some weapons. Uh, their new kid, uh, Anthony Miller, the kid they just drafted, he's showing yeah. flashes. Um, it, it, it all comes down to how Trubisky's going to play. Are they going to get the six touchdowns against Tampa Bay, Trubisky, or are they going to get the Trubisky who fumbles all over himself at the end of the Miami game when they have the win in hand? So who knows? Um, one more game that I'm really looking forward to uh, in the NFC anyways is Carolina-Philadelphia. Carolina coming off a tough loss. Uh, on the road in Washington, 
Philadelphia coming off a big win at home on Thursday night against the Giants. Both teams sitting at three and three. Both teams hoping to make some noise in the AFC. And that got me looking at the NFC. Um, NFC, not AFC, if I if I said that. Um, we get a log jam in both conferences so far to start this year. The NFC has 10 teams with three or more wins, and the AFC has 11 teams with three or more wins. Awesome parity going throughout the year so far. I feel like you never really know who's going to win week in and week out with the exception of the Rams pretty much. Yeah. Um, so I think this is one of those games, both teams three and three, Carolina coming off a loss, Philadelphia coming off a win. You want to stay on the high end of that log jam. You don't want to start falling behind all those teams who could potentially have another win on you. Um, so I think that's a big game with how things are going to shake out in the NFC. It's, I mean, I wasn't even thinking of the game, this game until you just said it. And this has everything to do with that division uh, for a Philly. It, it's, they got to keep, keep winning. pace with they Washington. Gotta, they got to keep. I never know, thought I'd hear those words. Yeah. And I mean, they got to win this game. They got to win from here on out. It's every loss in both conferences so far this year is going to be crucial with so many teams in the middle of the pack there. Um, you're going to have to separate yourself and any loss that you might suffer, there's going to be four or five teams who could leapfrog you every single week. And with New Orleans going to Baltimore, that's a tough game. This, this could be yes. Carolina's game that, that they got to win to get it back on top of that division. Too. Baltimore plays tough at home. Um, and New Orleans has historically struggled on the road. That'll be an interesting matchup to watch as well. Um, but I love it, man. 21 out of the 32 teams have three wins or more six weeks into the year. It's crazy. I, I think last year we suffered a little bit from the league being very top-heavy. Mm -hmm. AFC more so than the NFC, I think. Uh, the NFC was a little deeper. But there was kind of that cream of the crop right at the top, and then there was a big-time drop-off with all the other teams. And this year I feel like it's just going to be a battle getting into the playoffs, and then those playoff games are going to be insane. Good. I mean, that's how it should be. Honestly, if the league was as predictable as, let's just say, the NBA, if you knew without certain, with 100% certainty who was going to make the, the Super Bowl every single year, what's the point? I'd be a rich man. <laughs> well, besides that, besides cheating the system. It, the NFL has made me broke this year of just how messed up these games have been. Oh, I agree. I completely agree, man. Some of these the weekly picks I've had, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, there's no way it's going to happen. And you guys go against it, and it happens. And I'm just like, what the hell? Yeah. I said last week that the, the season is breaking me so far. <laughs> it, it's, We're only six weeks in. Too. Well, exactly. <laughs> we so, face ourselves. But, but I, I would prefer it that way. I, the excitement, the the parody, quote-unquote, you know, it, this is good for the league. The league needs, you know, the, the league sort of needs the Pats to fall off. They need an up-and-coming superstar. You know, they need like a Mahomes or a Goff. I'm not putting Goff on the same level, but, you know, he, he they're undefeated. The Rams, they need these teams to come in and the, the youth just to, 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 to take over. And know, it's it's finally good to see the youth actually, like, now we have something to watch when all these other guys all retire at the same time. And it's funny, it kind of shows how everybody needs satisfaction now in the NFL, too. Goff was labeled as a bust his first year. I'll own up to that. I called him a bust when they drafted him. It takes time for some of these guys to develop, man. And then once they do, holy cow. Goff looks awesome so far. That team is killing it. Uh, I would love to see what happens to Goff in 
two or three years when they got to start paying people and then all of a sudden people leave. The defense is going to fall apart. That's what's going to happen. Oh, it has to. Because they're going to pay off and they're going to have to get rid of the Sues and the Talibs and the Marcus Peters. And well, they built that defense with the mindset of win now. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta, you While gotta, you have golf on the rookie deal. I mean, that offense is built for the future, you know, with Gurley, Goff, uh, Cooks, they signed how many years, five years? I think he got a big deal, yeah. So, I mean, Connick, uh, Cup, I mean, they, there is, you know, that, that offense will will be sustainable. It's the, like you said, it's the defense. Yep. Other yep, than Donald, who's really going to be there come three years? I feel like Goff is just going to turn into Wilson, where he was talked about as one of the best in the league, and then his whole entire team left in. Now it's I can't put any faith in Seattle. That Wilson Wilson relied on a much better defense than Goff is relying on right now, though. Seattle yeah. was driven through their defense, and, and uh, LA isn't. Their defense is good. Their defense, I would say, is above average. Um, but it's they don't rely on that defense like Seattle did with Wilson. So once that falls and everything gets put back on Russell Wilson's shoulders, and they don't have that defense to get the ball back if he turns it over or they don't have that defense to force that three and out when you need to come back, uh, that changes a lot of things. Plus, you got to consider, too, they never really replaced Marshawn Lynch. I mean, it's just sort of – They're running the ball well so far. That kid Carson looks pretty good so far. Yeah, but is he going to last? I mean, I know they just drafted uh, – Penny. Penny first round, but – Dumb pick. Yeah. Especially when they could have got Sony Michelle. Dumb pick. They could have got Sony Michelle, and Sony Michelle was panned. But, uh, I mean, it's I, – I, I, I don't know. I would even say I'm not even faithful in Sony Michelle right now. I think he just had a couple good games and that's it. He's not Robert Edwards, if that's if that's what you think. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't, don't think he's first round talent. I, he looks pretty good so far. We'll see. That might go on the board. Put it up there. We'll see. A lot of football left to be played. Um, you guys have anything you want to close with? Uh, well, there's one lock of the week. Uh, oh, hit me. Wise. Yeah, let's, what let's do you got? I'm actually going to go with your theory about a West team going east for a one o'clock game. LA Chargers. Nope. Uh, no, this past week, LA Chargers LA. came east and beat the shit out of the Browns in a one o'clock game. So, but I'm going to go. Sucks to be you. Jets plus three over Vikings. Uh, Vikings are a central team. That's not West Coast. Yeah, but still. I do like the upset, though. That's only two time zones. Get it right. It's one time zone. Mountain Pacific? They're central. Oh, Mountain, you're right. Okay. So you're Wait. going Jets plus two? No, it's going two. Jets plus Minnesota's three. Minnesota's not they're, – they're central. They're not they're right. mountain. Right. So and it goes Pacific. east, east, cent, central, mountain, jet. Oh, Pacific. Oh, never mind. Okay, I was thinking west, Edit this part west out. to central. We should time no, it. No, I, I have many, like, stumbles on this. <laughs> I'm, I'm the bumbling idiot here. Let me be. <laughs> You like Jets plus two? Uh, oh well, I got um, I get the ghetto website, so I got Jets plus three. Oh, I got three and a half actually. Better odds. You should let me sign you up for Bovada. Kick a couple bucks into my pocket and help me. Send it my bit. way. I need it more. Um, I don't have a lock. I don't know. None <laughs> of these lines make sense to me. Washington yeah. minus one and a half. Why not? They'll beat Dallas. Well, I mean, you were just saying New Orleans six on the road. You're not going to go Baltimore minus two. No. I'm not betting against New Orleans anymore, man. What about the over-under for Kansas City? That's a lot of points. I ain't no, touching I that. I might highly go under. I ain't touching that. Once we're talking 60, I, I ain't touching that. I'm going I'm going Washington minus one and a half. I'll be the one with the plums, and I will go New Orleans getting two and a half. I like it. Against uh, Baltimore. I like it. 
I'll put my money there right now. Washington. Minus 1.5. I'll bet it live on the show. You heard <laughs> it here first, folks. Remember bet is that. placed. Washington, minus 1.5. Book it. <laughs> uh, CJ, James, I'm John. Between the hashes. Uh, make sure you guys follow us. Uh, talk to us on social media. BTW underscore the hashes. The, the hashes. hashes. Fire some questions at us. Give us some uh, Give us some guidance here. Help us structure this thing a little bit. We're shooting from the hip. We don't know what the hell we're doing. Yeah, talk no, to I'm sure now. you figured that out by now. So any input you guys give us, we always here to listen. Uh, even if we think you're an idiot, we'll still listen to you and we'll hear you out. Give us some input. Ask us some questions. Don't ask us about your fantasy team because we don't care and nobody else cares. <laughs> nobody knows. <laughs> and nobody knows. We'll catch you next time, you guys. Uh, have a great day. Go Irish. Adios.